Scaredy Cats and Kittens. Welcome to the Two Scaredy Cats Podcast. Stacy and Kara. So what did you do, Kara, since the last time we were here and talked? Did you go anywhere? Do anything cool? Yeah, I went on vacation. We went to the beach and stuff. Sounds like fun. Did you guys do anything cool while you were there? We went to, we went shopping and just tried to stay away from people because, you know, COVID is still a thing. Yeah, COVID is still happening, unfortunately. We went to the beach, though, and tried to enjoy. Yeah, nice. When we did have nice weather. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we went on a, I went on an eighth grade trip with your brother and your dad, and we went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for Sam's eighth grade trip. That was really cool. We got to see a lot of history from the uh, Civil War, so that was kind of neat. And while we were there, ooh, side note, a little thing for our little podcast today is we actually went on a ghost tour of the Jenny Wade house. And there, some of them went on a ghost tour of a um, orphanage that was also supposedly haunted. Oh. So I got a cool story to tell you about the Jenny Wade house and some of my experiences when I was in there. Why don't you go ahead and you can start us off today and tell us what you got up your sleeve. All right. Um, today I'm going to be covering the Sally House, which is located in Atchison, Kansas. Hmm. So... The sort of urban legend around the house, most story people talk about, is that the house was built at the turn of the century, and a physician moved in, and then one day a frantic mother arrived carrying her six-year-old daughter, Sally. She collapsed, daughter had collapsed from abdominal pain. The doctor diagnosed her with appendicitis and began cutting into Sally before the anesthesia could kick in and uh, Sally's scream stopped abruptly and she died basically on the operating table so there's a lot of macabre and um, disturbing that's the story that surrounds the house and why it's called the Sally house it's because of her ghost is seen a lot a little girl spotted a lot in the house so the house has been known for being haunted back before the story takes place but basically um, a lot of the haunting started picking up when a couple moved in in 1993, Deborah and Tony Pickman. When they moved in, their dog would growl at nothing. That's creepy. Especially around the nursery. Fires started to break out in the house that mm. were, like, kind of unexplained. Huh. And the operating that was used to be used would become very cold and objects would move. Move. And the husband would feel scratches upon his neck and abdomen that mm. were, like, unexplained. Visitors that come to the house now report video and investigation equipment stop working, batteries draining, moving objects, dolls in the nursery, unexplained scratches, and physical touches, mysterious coldness, and then guide dogs refusing to enter the nursery. Hmm, creepy. Yeah. So... They moved in in 1993, 1990 to 1992. There was another family that lived there. Mm -hmm. Um, Bobby and Colleen Hubbard, they moved in and reported that their daughter, Heather, was playing with an imaginary friend named Sally. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. As a parent, that would have me very uh, nervous. So the husband um, from the other, uh, Tony Pickman, Mm Mm-hmm. When he was having all those things, he saw the girl at one point in the kitchen one morning. Ooh, creepy. And then he did a sketch of her. And oh, when wow. he went to the uh, the people that lived there before him, mm-hmm. 
the daughter was like, oh, that's Sally. Oh, wow. So that's Not, creepy that yeah, these two that, unrelated right, families and they both recognize the same thing. person. Yeah. yeah. The um, resident after the Pickmans, the house is basically rented out to these families. Oh, okay. There's like one main owner. Is that this owns still the house. for rent? Could we rent it? That'd be so cool. Let's go rent it. I mean, you technically can stay there. I think because of COVID, you can at the moment. But oh. a lot of investigation teams, you can rent out, but you have to sign a waiver. So I don't know if I would sign go anywhere that I have to sign a waiver. Sign to stay a waiver in. just to stay there. Yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff that's been happening. There. All right. So what else has been going on in this place? So, so the people who stayed there after Deborah Pickman and Tony left because mm-hmm. they refused to go back to the house for years after they okay. would not step foot in it. They would still, like, come up with teams. They would they would enter the premises, but they would not enter the house. They have recently started going in again. I don't remember if Deborah has, but I know that Tony went in with the investigation team because I watched a TV show, Ghost Adventures. Oh, okay. He went in there briefly, very briefly, but yeah, he did wow. go in. Hmm. So the residents after the Pikmins that were renting the place, <laughs> there were rumors of witchcraft going on. Oh, nice. And, um... Like a little witchcraft to when they, stir up the pot. <laughs> so the person that owned the place did a, like, a surprise visit, check on the place, and yeah. they found a pentagram in the basement. Oh, wonderful. Like, drawn on, on the floor. Red paint. Was it painted or did it... It was painted on in the oh, basement. Oh, Which is a lot And of... you're renting it. Oh, that's never good. Yeah, so they were immediately evicted. Mm. There was a lot of other stuff that you could to like witchcraft in the basement where they seem to be doing uh, a like lot of rituals, stuff rituals that they had. and stuff candles and all that yeah goodies. animal kind of bands herbs so all that was pretty scary he, they did paint it over so like if you go now you won't see the pentagram but uh, you can definitely see where the black paint kind of covers it really where it was today huh. there's actually no historical documentation that sally existed hmm. at the house or in that area right so we don't really know why where the sort of the myth or whatever the urban legend of sally right what about the doctor that used to operate there there was Is a doctor real? that lived there like so there was a doctor they couldn't really find any connections to this actual girl oh, named sally gotcha. there were some sally's but there were none that like fit the a child oh, the description. dying Got you. or like they never or cool. the photo they could never find collaborate the story with the actual yeah so there's like a lot of suspicion that um they think that it might be a demon Play, yeah, because Playing they do the that. Yeah, demons always present themselves to some people as children because the demons know and they try and trick you, tricksters. Yeah. The nursery seems to be a lot of the activity With, that okay. goes on. When I watched the Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. uh, one of the dolls actually moved. Oh, creepy. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. But man. there's a lot of people have said that too, where they, if you just sit in the room, there's dolls they have set up, mm-hmm. and if you like leave the room or you come back, and mm-hmm. there'll be just stuff moving. Sometimes they'll move like right in front of you. Really creepy. Um, I don't like dolls. I always had to turn around when I was little and I'm like, I'm staring at me. Yeah. When Deborah Pickman and Tony Pickman lived there, um, they had a nursery. That's where they're, they had a child at oh, the okay. time. Mm-hmm. The kid was not actually sleeping in the nursery, mm-hmm. but the neighbors across the street reported, they were like, hey, why do you keep your nursery light on all night? And they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. So huh. there was lights going on in the room. Pretty know. scary. Yeah, I don't know. Me. I've heard a lot of people saying that they don't like going upstairs at all in the really? house. There's a lot of they got like bad energy feelings in the and basement. Stuff. Yeah. Huh. From because I've seen a lot of different documentaries about the house. It's Interesting. Very, I love to go, but it's also very. Yeah. I don't know if I want that negative My energy. Couldn't handle it. A lot of EVPs people have gotten too. Really. I can play one later for you. It was pretty scary, the one. Okay. I guess the turn of the century is when it was made. So, like, in the 1850s is when it was originally yeah. built. Right before the Civil War started, yeah. Yeah. 
1910, I believe, is when there was a house fire. Oh, uh, okay. That burnt a lot of stuff, but they were able to Oh, wait a minute. So there was original house fire on top of the one that you said? Yeah, on uh, top of they were having fire issues. Right, in the 90s or whenever. They 1910s, were there was an insurance claim huh. that they were able to find, like, oh, actual really? historical uh, okay. evidence. Okay, interesting. Do they know how that fire started? Not the old one. That I'm 19... aware of. Uh, okay. There, it could be, but I don't... I just hmm. remember seeing that there was a 1910 fire in the pet. That actual documentation hmm. of it happening. Interesting. Yeah, that's Sally House. I think I would go there. <laughs> nope, not me. <laughs> not when creepy dolls are involved. Uh, yeah, and the doll all that room kind of stuff and, and the pentagram in the basement. Around. Yeah, too spooky for me. Yeah, and people getting scratches and just. Yeah, when there's scratches involved, that usually means it's demonic. There's probably demon. Yeah, or some sort of demonic energy or yeah. some sort of. Huh. But yeah, it's name the Sally house, but they can't actually prove there was a Sally there. Uh, so. Interesting, yeah. They do see a little girl named Sally. Oh, that reminds me, before I get started on my story today, I actually did some uh, research, since you never did it, on your story you told us last time about mm -hmm. the missing kid in Smoky Mountains. I found an old story, well, a recent story done about that incident mm -hmm. that happened all those years ago. They never did find the remains of that little boy. Um, but they still talk about it to this day. Yeah. Like I said, they just ran a story as recent as like five or six years ago about it. So, and they still don't have a national registry for people. For people, to, yeah, Isn't for that missing weird? people in the parks. In the which parks? Is, yeah, that is kind of weird that they've never done that. Hopefully, I don't get missing when I go camping next weekend. Yeah. All right. For my story today, since we were um, in um, Gettysburg, there was a house there called the Jenny Wade House. The backstory on the Jenny Wade House. Jenny Wade was the only civilian that was a direct casualty during the Civil War. She got shot by a bullet. They believe it was from the Confederate soldiers' background on the Wade family. Is the Wade family, they owned a tailor shop in the town of Gettysburg. Her father was a tailor, and Jenny and her mom were seamstresses for her father's shop. Jenny and her mom actually were mending soldiers' uniforms during the Civil War. So when different troop movements occurred and they were walking through the town of Gettysburg, they would help out whether they were um, from the Union or from the Confederate, and they would help mend their uniforms since, you know, because they've mm -hmm. been walking for months and, you know, yeah. they needed to be mend and hemmed and stuff. So while they were doing that, the Union Army came to town, and this was a few days before the battle at Gettysburg, and they had set up shop there to get ready for this big battle that they felt was going to happen. So everybody in town was waiting for the gunshots to start. So people were starting to move out of town for the time being to try and get away from it because they didn't want to be in the middle of it. And some of them were moving with other family members that might not be directly in downtown Gettysburg, but were kind of like on the outskirts of town. And that's what happened with Jenny and her mom. Jenny Wade's dad was absent from their home uh, most of his life. He spent more time in jail than with her family. He had a problem with gambling and other things. In the late 1850s, his mental health began to decline, and he was arrested for taking $300, which he had found on the ground. Now, the story goes that back then, if money was found on the ground, you couldn't just pick it up and take it like we can today. You know, you could today. I mean, you could. That wouldn't be the yeah. right thing to do. But um, you could turn it in, you know, wherever you found it, at a store or whatever. But back then, you were not allowed to um, pick the money up. In fact, in fact, it was considered improper, and you could get thrown in jail. Well, you were supposed to put an ad in the local paper until somebody claimed it, and if they didn't, then you could keep it. Well, her dad didn't do that. He just picked up the money and hung on to it. $300 back then was a lot of money. Yeah. He found the money. He got in trouble because the person that the money belonged to reported it missing, and he crossed the border from Pennsylvania into Maryland, and they nabbed him when he crossed the border. 
Because of that, he spent several years in the Eastern State Penitentiary, um, which, as we all know, is insanely haunted. But back then, it had just been built fairly recently, and it was the only jail of its type at the time. Basically, they believed that they could turn around people by having them in this type of a jail cell. So they called it a penitentiary and not a jail. And basically, when you were in there, you were basically in a windowless room where you didn't have access to the outside. And they felt that by doing that, that, you know, these people would repent for their sins and then they'd release them in, you know, several years and let them back out. Well, while he was in there, he pretty much went crazy because he didn't have any contact with anybody. He weren't allowed to receive letters from people and stuff. So basically, after he came out of there and he returned home, like I said, he was pretty much crazy. He spent the remainder of his life in and out of different mental institutions. And her mom had him legally declared mentally insane after the Gettysburg battle ended. And he ended up in a place called the Adams County Almshouse which wasn't too far away from Gettysburg where they lived. In fact, it was on the outskirts of town. Like I said, the Civil War is breaking out. There's all these troop movements are occurring and they're getting closer and closer to Gettysburg and people are freaking out. What happened is Jenny and her mom, and she had a couple little brothers, they went to stay with her sister Georgina, who had a house that was on the outskirts of town. They were going to go there while the fighting was going on and she had just happened to have delivered a baby a few days before. They were going there to help her with this new baby that they had. When they went there, Jenny's mother and her were helping the Union Army by being bred and giving them loaves of bread when they passed by. They would also give water to the troop. It was the morning of July 3rd, okay, and it's the third day of fighting. Jenny was in the kitchen making some bread for the soldiers. Or a little bit earlier than that, she was in the bedroom with her sister. She had gotten up, and they were in there talking. They were reading a bunch of verses from the Bible, and Jenny made the comment that, you know, if anything happens today, Lord, please, you know, take me and not Jenny since she had a baby. Yeah. Bible thumping, basically, and telling all these <laughs> stories from the Bible to her sister and that. Her sister got yeah. tired of it and was like, why don't you go do something else, Jenny? So Jenny went into the kitchen and started baking some bread. Well, it was while she was in the kitchen making the bread that she was kneading the dough when she got hit by a ball which is basically what they used as the bullets back oh, then it was like okay a bullet? yeah it was like basically a bullet but it was actually like a, a ball okay uh, like a metal ball and it traveled through the kitchen her in the kitchen where she was in her sister's home and it hit her pierced her left shoulder blade and from there it went straight through her heart and it ended up stuck in her corset she had a picture of her childhood sweetheart and his name was Jack Scully and when she died she died with that picture in there and she was killed instantly. The battle ended the next day on July 4th, and it had lasted for three days. So basically, she almost made it all the way until the end. Wow. That's crazy. The story goes that after she had died, the soldiers came running, and they heard them screaming, and they came in. The Union soldiers did. So they had to help carry her body to the cellar because the battle's still going on. Now, the dad had been home at the time from, you know, being in and out of mental institutions, and it was said that he would sit on the corner on the bench and he was like guarding her while she was dead there. Wow. So they had to stay down there for like 24 hours basically with the dead sister just sitting there wrapped in a blanket and a quilt down in the basement waiting for the battle to end. After the battle ended on July 4th, soldiers were leaving town rather quickly. They came around and they helped them dig a grave for Jenny in the backyard. Now remember, this is her sister's house. This is not Jenny's family home. The battle had ended. The townspeople of Gettysburg came out to some very gruesome scenes because there were thousands of dead bodies. Just big battle took place in the middle of town. Yeah. The soldiers, when they came through, they would use the homes of the people in town. They would make them go down in the cellar and they would use the 
upstairs. They were using it from everything from a field hospital mm-hmm. where they were using their dining room table to operate on soldiers and stuff and pull bullets and stuff out of them to just having food. Like, so when the townspeople came back up from their cellars to the upstairs, there was just blood and their houses were destroyed. There's garbage everywhere from the soldiers Ugh. because they were trying to use anything and everything to use for different things. And then you also had all these horses because there was infantry. So they also had over like a thousand horses that were killed in the area. And so they said dead horse carcasses just laying around also on the fields along with all these soldiers. So think about it. They had all these dead people laying everywhere. The soldiers had left. So basically it's a townspeople's job to clean all this. They had these huge horse carcasses that are just laying around and all that blood is just oozing into their water. So their water was very polluted at the time. So they didn't have a clean water source. People were getting sick from that. You had to worry about the mosquitoes traveling around because this July, and it was actually the hottest July they'd ever had. It was close to 98 degrees when it's going on. They said it smelled so bad in town for months all the way from July to almost November before the stench would leave the town. Back to Jenny. So they buried her in the backyard of her sister's house. So then, all right, so I was talking about how the townspeople were left to clean up all the carnage and bury, and they had to bury all these soldiers. So they gathered up all the Union soldiers and they made a cemetery just for them called Evergreen Cemetery, which is where Abraham Lincoln gave his most famous speech, the Gettysburg Address. The Confederate soldiers, though, were basically buried in mass graves and left pretty much wherever they um, were lying. And a lot of them... (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty crappy how that went down. And they're still in these mass graves. Like, when you drive through the Gettysburg Park... There are um, spots where they talk about hollowed ground because, you know, soldiers died there and they just left them there and buried them there. Because there were so many. I mean, there's like 50,000 dead bodies. You can only have so many places where you can take them. Wow. So they would just leave them in these big, huge piles and then just throw dirt on them and that's where they lie. After all this happened, the park services decided that they were going to make Gettysburg a, a national park. And it is a national military park, and it was founded in 1895. So back to Jenny. 32 um, years after the Battle of Gettysburg, Jenny was buried three times before her final resting place in Evergreen Cemetery in 1865, which was the end of the Civil War. In the year 1900, a monument was erected at Jenny's grave that includes an American flag that flies around the clock there. Her um, grave and one other woman, and that would be, so she's only the second woman in history to have an American flag that flies around the clock at her um, grave. Her betrothed, Jack Scully, is buried near her. Now, Jack ended up dying um, two months after Jenny had passed away. He died in one of the um, battles that was happening during the um, Civil War. Now, back to the house in present day times. Um, today you are allowed to go on a, um, ghost tour of the Jenny Wade house. And we actually went on it or me and my husband did. But when we went on it, they were telling us that they have had many, um, things happen in that house, um, over the years. People have actually seen Jenny Wade in the house, in the front room, which is the bedroom where her sister, um, where they had brought down the bed from upstairs for her sister to lie during the, um, after she'd given birth. They say you can see Jenny in there. Sometimes they say you can see her in the kitchen. People have also seen apparitions of little kids upstairs of the house. There is a, a chain that um, sits in front of one of the rooms. 
there in the hallway. It's not like a, like a little alcove in the hallway there. And they say that these little kids will jingle the chains a lot to let you know that they're in there. <laughs> they like to play peekaboo with you, the little kids do. They'll hide underneath the bed and they'll make the um, bed skirt uh, shake mm -hmm. sometimes, you know. Um, people have had feelings of being touched in the um, upstairs part of the house. People have seen apparitions in the windows at night, like from looking outside on the street. You can They say they see apparitions in the windows and that. All kinds of crazy things have happened. Now, when we were in there, we were told to take pictures, and they told us to take them in sets of three all around the house wherever we were looking because they say usually ghost activity happens when you uh, take it in three or, you know, you can see it better in three because you've got three oh. pictures in a row. So we were going around and doing that. I didn't. I don't think I caught anything on any of my film. There's a few things that I saw that I was curious that I have to look at a little better, but I didn't catch anything on mine. But they say that if you like certain mirrors in the house, you can actually see Jenny's reflection in it and stuff, Ooh. which is kind of creepy. That is kind of creepy. Now, down in the basement, though, where they had to sit for 24 hours with Jenny's dead body, um, if you go down there, it's said that um, her dad... Uh, his ghost lives down there and he's very protective of Jenny because he thinks her body's still there. Oh. So he does not like men that come down there and he'll play tricks on them in that. Hmm. The ghost adventure team has been there before and yeah. they got Zach and all of them have had experiences in there. They say that when you're coming down the steps, you got to be careful because sometimes he'll knock the men down the steps. He's okay with women. He doesn't mind them, but he, he, <laughs> for whatever reason, he doesn't like men because I guess he thinks they're coming to mess with Jenny because they have like a fake dummy set up down there when you go down there and it looks, you know, like it would have looked during the Civil War to, you know, to add to the whole spookiness, yeah. I guess. But they say that that helps keep her father's spirit, you know, grounded there or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he'll come visit and check on, you know, Jenny's body to make sure nobody's messing with it. Or messing with her. But, yeah, that was kind of uh, crazy, some of the stuff that we had going on when we were um, there and the stuff that happened. So, but, yeah, we had a fun time there. It was kind of neat and interesting. I'd never been on a ghost tour like that where you actually got to go into a haunted place yeah. at night. It was pretty spooky. I will tell you this. We also, there is a part of the Evergreen Cemetery, like an older part of it, mm -hmm. sits right next to the Jenny Wade house. And when we were there, they actually let us like walk around there too. Well, not, you're not allowed to go into the cemetery. They'll get you thrown in jail, but we were allowed to stand right on the edge of it. Mm -hmm. And I was taking pictures of, um, there's like a special tombstone there that they say there's some ghost lady that apparently hangs out around there because she's looking for her dead. I think it was her husband. She was looking for him because he never returned from war and she would go and check all the new bodies that got buried there to see if it was him. Uh, but they say that she still rams around there. She doesn't like people messing with the graves. So we were standing there and we were taking pictures, or I was, and my camera, when I was taking photos after I went back and looked at them, all my photos had this like really weird light on them and one of them was completely red, which I don't understand for the life really of me. Weird. But it was just crazy what all we captured there. And then also towards the back side of where the Jenny Wade house is, there is an old road that used to be there that the soldiers would walk on. And they say that there's a hotel that sits right behind the Jenny Wade house. And they say that you can see soldiers walking through sometimes hmm. from the balconies of the hotel that's there, which is really weird. And they that said really one weird. little girl one time was sitting there and kept telling her dad, you know, hey, look, dad, I see a soldier out there and one of them's missing his head. Oh, yeah. that's kind of gross. It's kind of weird and creepy. <laughs> yeah, and the like parents that. were like, yeah, okay, well, we don't, you know, they kind of didn't believe her or whatever. Until the mom looked out there and saw one, too, and told her husband about it. And they ended up talking to, 
I guess, somebody in town and told them what they saw. And they said, oh, yeah, people see apparitions of those soldiers all the time. Oh, that's weird. I know. Isn't that kind of weird just to look off your balcony yeah. and see some, like, headless dude just standing there? Creepy. A lot of heavy energy there. Oh, I'm sure. Well, all the death. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be tons of... war areas. Yeah, lots of energy there. I bet there's all kinds of good ghost finding stuff there. The park hours were still on kind of winter time. But they said starting, I guess, like in May here, any time now, they'll start changing the hours and the park will be open until 10 o'clock. And you can actually go and walk around at night and stuff oh, and take scary. photos, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Because you can probably capture a lot of soldiers just walking around. Just scary in general. Yeah. I think that'd be neat, though. That's why I want to go back at, like, nighttime and just walk around and see if you can get pictures of anything cool. Yeah, that'd be see fun. See any apparitions or anything. I just want to go to a haunted place in general. Oh, I know. Me and Mrs. Raleigh went to New Orleans, and we actually stayed in the Andrew Jackson Hotel, which is one of the most haunted hotels ever, like in America or Mm -hmm. anywhere. And, like, some scary crap happened while we were there, which I'll have to tell on another one of our um, episodes that I think people will get a hoot out of. And I have some pictures, not of anything spooky, but of the Mm -hmm. actual hotel and that that I can uh, post online um, when we do that uh, in a couple weeks. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you guys today. Um, We hope uh, you guys enjoyed our show, and hopefully you'll tune in to us next time. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, please follow us on Instagram, Two Scaredy Cats Podcast. And tune in two weeks for another new episode of Two Scaredy Cats. Goodbye to all our scaredy cats and kittens out there. Remember, curiosity didn't kill these two scaredy cats. (laughs) 